Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the QC Hornets Nest, the podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. This is your place to get all the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling you stories other shows won't and giving you the inside access other shows can't. This week's ep, I'm joined by Bubba Wallace, the NASCAR driver and member of the 2311 Racing. Join me to chat about teaming up with Hornets forward Jalen McDaniels in a recent practice, his favorite Hornets memory, how LaMelo Ball is already larger in life in Charlotte, Michael George's competitiveness as an owner on the track and basketball court, and oh yeah, we discussed some NASCAR too. So you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. Well, it was rare, but the Hornets actually got some good news for once this season on the injury front, leading into their game against the Chicago Bulls on Thursday. LaMelo Ball returned from a two-game absence, and Gordon Haywood came back after experiencing hamstring soreness, and the Hornets' starting unit was whole for just the fifth time this season, which sounds kind of absurd to even think about that number when you really are closing in on the All-Star break here in a couple of weeks. That almost makes no sense to comprehend that your starting five has been available for just five games, and oh, by the way, you were three and five in those games. That just kind of shows you just the season's been so far for the Charlotte Hornets. Just when they kind of get started with things, some kind of yanks them back. And it's usually an injury to one of their better players. So while they're still missing Kelly Oubre Jr. and Cody Martin, uh, two key players, rotation players, players who are used in a variety of ways, by Steve Clifford, Hornets give you a glimpse against the Bulls of kind of like what could be for these guys if they would just stay healthy. And even though it wasn't a very pretty game, from the Hornets' perspective, it was beautiful, I'm sure, because they closed the game out of the fourth quarter after trailing by two and you won by double digits, and you held off the Bulls' charge a couple of times. So after the game, they were very excited, but subdued. You know, they obviously know it's just one win, but seeing that they had to start five and just knowing that it's just a different opponent out there and just makes opponents guard them differently, it gave them a little bit of, Hope for one day, if you will. But there's a long way to go for these guys, as we know, because the Hornets are still at the bottom of the league in terms of wins and losses. They're just ahead, really, of Detroit. You know, Houston was who they beat. And Houston, that the Rockets seem like they're going to be the obvious choice to have the worst record in the league this season. So it becomes between the Pistons, Spurs, and Hornets right now. So the Hornets are in a really kind of weird spot where they're too far out of playoff picture to really 
go out there and make moves to improve, but you also can't just really break it down completely just yet because you have a lot of games remaining at home and you have a young team that needs to develop. So really weird spot, tough spot for them right now. And it's going to be very intriguing to keep an eye on what Mitch Kupchak decides to do over the next couple of weeks here, whether he feels that deals that could come his way may be beneficial for the Hornets in the long term. So, you know, at least they provided themselves with the win. And, you know, you think about that road trip before guys got banged up, you know, despite that, they were still two and two, picking up wins in Houston and Atlanta before dropping those two tough games out west in Utah and Phoenix. But the Hornets at least have a semblance of something to kind of look forward to now that they have their starting five healthy. But the qualifying thing with this team always is how long will that health last? Because as we've seen, they can be good today. Tomorrow, it's a totally different story. But that is how things have gone in 2022-23 for the Charlotte Hornets. All right, time for this week's mailbag, which is, again, one of my favorite parts of the pod, interacting with you guys. So let's get to the questions coming from Twitter. And it's handle is at I'm a fun guy. Ha ha ha. Pretty funny, huh? Fun guy. All right. But the question is, when do you expect Kelly Oubre to return? That's a good question. I'm a fun guy. Ha ha ha. Because really we're kind of still in that midst of the um, ramp up period per se um, for Kelly. He hasn't obviously taken off um, his splint yet to be able to um, do contact with his hand just yet. So to me, that means he's at least minimum two weeks away. You need a week or so of contact to get, kind of feel your, get yourself going in the right direction, feel that you're okay, healthy, get your mental in the right um, space. So he's at least, to me, minimum two weeks away. And of course, two weeks from now is pretty much the all-star break. So I don't think we'll see Kelly back um, until after the All-Star break, probably somewhere um, around that point, if, of course, you're still with the Hornets, which we'll see if that still is the case. But, yeah, Kelly is not really just yet. He's doing conditioning work before the games. He's uh, using his right hand a lot. He's doing different things to kind of keep himself kind of, you know, in, in shape, again, mentally, and also doing some cardio out there to make sure that when he is ready to come back, that that part of his game um, hasn't been suffering from being out so long. So a little bit more time for Kelly, and we'll see exactly when that will happen. But I'm, I don't think it's going to happen for at least, again, two plus three weeks at minimum. So we'll see how it shakes out there. So very much thank you for the question, sir. I appreciate that. Because, uh, again, we're getting a lot of questions about Kelly because – I. People see him working out before the game, so thanks for the question. I appreciate that one. Um, next question comes from Sigma 4 on Twitter. And the question is, 
who is the vocal leader in the locker room? Do the Hornets need more outspoken slash old school vets to help lead the youth? And the answer to that first part is one of the most vocal leaders in the locker room is Terry Rozier. And Terry doesn't kind of really have that kind of personality. He's more like a leader kind of by example. I'm going to go out there and, and, you know, bust my, you know what, and kind of show you how to follow me. But he's been one of the most vocal guys in terms of, you know, trying to tell people you may have to be the bad guy at times to to crack the whip, so to speak, and, and make sure players are doing what they're supposed to do out there on, on the court, listening to Steve Clifford and his philosophies and principles and essentially doing exactly what he wants them to execute out there on the floor. They don't really have many players beyond that. You know, Gordon, he was not really a vocal kind of guy. He's not really a rah-rah me guy. Mason Plumley, same with him. He's kind of more of a low-key kind of dude. He doesn't really, um, you know, like to bark at guys per se. It's more of like, hey, let's let's do what we got to do out here and 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 make sure that we're following instructions of of again what Steve Clifford thinks that we should be doing. But they don't really have that veteran presence. That guy who says, "All right, man, if you don't do X, Y, Z, we're gonna have to hold you accountable." And I think that is part of the flow of the roster this year is they have a lot of youth, a lot of youth and players, obviously on the end of the bench youth wise who, who aren't getting any burn. So a veteran would help out so much more in that regard because the Hornets need to balance out the roster with players who have the experience, not only on the court, but off the court. So much of being a pro is what you do behind the scenes when people aren't watching you out there on the court. It's your, your nutrition. It's your um, exercise routine. It's your weight regimen. It's hydration. It's all these different things. And until you have some veteran to kind of help you, help you go in the right direction, you're kind of missing that. So the Hornets definitely can use some more veterans. And I would think that would be one of the things that they will try to address this offseason when they try to kind of reshape this roster moving forward going to 2023-24. So thank you, B. That Sigma 4, for the question. Appreciate that one. Thank you guys once again for sending them in to me. I appreciate this part of the podcast. Now, I had a chance to check in with Bubba Wallace. And he needs no introduction. You guys know who Bubba is. Um, he's obviously also a basketball fan. He comes to Hornets games on occasion, not as much as he would like to, he told me. But I chance to kind of sit down with him for a good eight or so minutes and just talk about basketball, Michael Jordan, and NASCAR, obviously, as well. So here's a conversation. Hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so I'm joined by Bubba Wallace. Thanks for joining me, Bubba. Um, first of all, man, how many Hornets games do you kind of get to? Yeah, I know you have a busy schedule, but what yeah. do you try to get to games watched per year if you can? It's tough. Uh, obviously, you said, like, the schedule's busy, so this will be my first one of the year. I know we're in the later half of the season. And um, it's fun. It's a fun atmosphere, and, you know, there's a lot of things that when I come down here, it's like, man, I kind of wish NASCAR was like this. I mean, you're, you're in and out, right? You're in and out. You're not there for four hours. And I, I find myself sitting in the stands, and I look up, and I'm like, oh, it's already third quarter. Like, what, I missed halftime or whatever. And it's like, man, I feel like in that time frame, we'd be 20 laps into a race. <laughs> so um, 
I'm a, I'm a fan of shortening up shortening up our races, but it is what it is. But uh, just just having a good time and usually bring friends or, or family out, and we just come out here and have a couple of drinks and eat some good food. Yeah, what is the best part about coming to these games, man? Is it, is it just the experience at the time? Like, what is it that you enjoy most about coming out to these games? All of that, and then getting to see the athletes just compete. You know, I'm a competitor and. I love, you know, watching the uh, the attitudes and the, and the personalities come out on court, and you get to see some stars out here. It's fun to watch, and there's a lot of people in the stands that are cheering on these guys, and it's just cool. These guys are freaks, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're massive. They make me feel this small, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's just cool to watch them perform, and I've always said that about every sport that I get to go to that's different than, than motorsports. It's just nuts what they can do. Yeah, do you appreciate that more when you see these guys in person? Because obviously TV is one thing, but then in person, what's that like? 100%. I, uh, you know, first of all, I got to look up. Like, I'm looking at a 10-story building <laughs> when I'm talking to these guys. But it's just so cool how they can get up and down the court and how they just hustle and just – even in practice, they're just getting after it. And uh, that's what it takes to be successful and be one of the best. And these, these kids are hungry, and it's fun to watch. You mentioned practice. I guess a couple of weeks ago, you were mm-hmm. going against Jalen yeah. McDaniels, I believe, in practice, right? That's what, right. What, what was that like? Uh, it was fun. We were working together, and I, I wanted to make a little challenge for us. I was kind of expecting him to carry us a little bit. My shots weren't falling. Um, <laughs> but Tyler and them, they took the easy route and did layups. So... It's kind of hard to compete against that, but at least I, I came in with some style. Points, right? yeah. Do you appreciate the game when you're out there with someone yeah. like him and, and what he can do and just how long he is? Because he's not even he's a second-round draft pick, yeah. but yet he's still you know, a really good player. So just, I guess, the talent level in the NBA. I, I mean, it's, there's no more climbing, right? There's no more climbing when you're at the cup level in our sport. There's no more climbing when you're at the NBA level. And uh, that's something that it takes you a season or two to realize. It's like, oh, man, I got to bring it. I got to bring it more than I ever have. And uh, you see these some of these guys come in and they think it's going to be like like X, but mm-hmm. then it ends up being like Y. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we got to go through a whole new transition. Mm-hmm. I lived that uh, in my rookie year uh, in the cup car and just trying to figure out everything. So they're – they're young. They got time. Um, I know, you know, the, the biggest thing that I've also paid attention to is even when you get there, there's always still somebody behind you mm-hmm. trying to take your spot. Mm-hmm. So don't give them a reason. What's it like uh, as a Hornets fan watching LaMelo ball from afar, man? I mean, obviously the fans love him, but as somebody who's, you know, athlete yourself mm-hmm. and kind of can appreciate what's it like watching him from afar and appreciate what he can do. Yeah, no, he's he's uh, it's, it's fun seeing him be like the star of the team, right? People want to see him do well and keep him healthy mm-hmm. i know I, I, is he injured right now he's so, right there still right a there bit, right. so i know he's teeter-tottering back and forth but uh, when he's healthy man he puts on a show and makes it fun makes it a fun atmosphere and, and what basketball should be about so especially for young kids that are growing up wanting to be like him it's cool to watch you know this market the way you do in charlotte small market like what's it like having someone like him like like a big fish per se like in a small yeah. pond because you know like he enjoys it here like you yeah. can tell he actually enjoys being here yeah. and just being I guess, uh, you know, part of this franchise. What's yeah. it like kind of watching someone like that being in a city like this in Charlotte? Yeah, no, it's it's super cool. Um, you know, he's embracing the, the Charlotte life. And, you know, I grew up here ever since I was two. And so experiencing Charlotte and seeing how much it's grown, seeing how much this basketball team has done for the area and how many people appreciate the team is, mm-hmm. is really cool. So it's just continuing to grow, and he's a part of it. So he should be uh, he should be proud of that. What is your, your biggest honest memory, would you say? Like, what sticks out most in your in your mind? You say one play I can remember, one game. Like, what sticks out most? Oh, man, I'd have to go back. This is this is before Hornets. This is like a Bobcat okay. thing for me. So I remember just coming here with family and when I was probably – Nine, ten, and we'd come down here and get the nachos and get the popcorn and just sit there and have fun with friends and just watch basketball. 
you know, I didn't really know much about it, but that, that's that that takes me back to like the original memory of coming down here to the stadium. Mm-hmm. And then with MJ obviously owning, you mm-hmm. know, twenty three eleven, and also the Hornets, what's it like kind of having? Someone like him, um, you know, backing you yep. to, to know that I'm sure he wants you to go out there and win as much as you can. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's great to have MJ a part of our sport and for him to, you know, make that phone call going on three years ago now and be like, hey, I want you to come drive for me and we got to we got to do this right. And uh, it's been fun to, like I said earlier, up on, up on the panel there, just watching this team grow and being a part of that growth is, is massive for us and massive for me. Uh, there's no better opportunity than the one I have now to be able to capitalize on and go out and win races. So um, he's there. He's there to uh, witness it all and push us to, to be the best that we can be. And how much do you sense he wants to get this franchise as well in the same regard? He wants to, he wants to be a winner here in Charlotte with the Hornets. I mean, everything he touches, he wants to win. So I know the urge is there, and um, he's trying to do everything that he can. Just uh, lasting couple of NASCAR questions. I guess the clash is coming mm-hmm. up soon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what about that? And um, what do you expect to learn about your team and, like, I guess the, the next gen car stuff like that? Yeah, I think you know, going back for a second time to the clash with this car, we have a whole new notebook. I don't even know if we had a notebook last year <laughs> when we went. It was starting off writing the date when we were showing up at the racetrack. So now we got a good database under us. Got a lot, all the right people in the right place to make this deal happen. And uh, it should be a way better weekend for us. Uh, it was, it was, to put it the nice way, a crapshoot for our team. So we have a ton of confidence just going into this first race and, and hopefully starting it out right. It'd be great to uh, to win out there in LA at the Coliseum and get the dub for the team uh, in a race that doesn't matter in a positive way. I mean, there's no points. It's just money and bragging rights. So it'd be a hell of a way to start the season. So we're gonna go out and do that. And then what's it like having? Um Tyler Reddick as a teammate, man. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, man. Tyler, it, it motivates me to work even harder because there's been a lot of races last year where I've seen the eight car driving by us and out leading and, and running well and winning some races, especially on road course stuff. So uh, excited to uh, finally get to go to work with him, work together, and and uh, see how we can make this team even better. And last thing is, have you talked to Kurt Butch much this all season, and what's it been like working with him in his new role? If at yeah, all? Kurt's been he's been so hands on, and and the moments where I'm just getting back in the loop of things, you know, he's out going to all these tests. Uh, he's, he was in Texas with Tyler. He was just in Phoenix yesterday with with Christopher Bell and the Toyota guys. So he's just he's I don't know what his job title is, but. <laughs> He wants to see this team succeed, and I hate the, you know for how everything went down with Kurt, but he's there. He's there wanting to be a part of it, and uh, and that's the one special thing that you'll never be able to take away from Kurt. He's just – everything he touches, he wants to see it succeed as well. Thank you very much for some time. Man. Right. You're a busy guy. Thanks, Thank Bob. you, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's Bubba Wallace. Thank you. Well, look ahead here. The Hornets have a rare two days off in between games before they take on the Miami Heat at home on Sunday and a matinee before it's off to – Stop me you've heard this before, off to the road yet again. Um, but this time they have a couple of games that they should be able to at least pull out potentially. And to me, they have to. Um, it's a three-game road trip beginning in Milwaukee. And we know what happened in Milwaukee earlier this month when Hornets had that historical win, just pasting the Bucks. So Giannis and company will be ready for that one. But then they go to... Chicago, Detroit on a back-to-back. And to me, those are games that you have to win if you're trying to have any semblance of respectability and riding yourselves. The Hornets are trying to play to win these games, despite what fans out there think. So if that's the case, you got to get at least 
to me, two next four games coming up here between Miami, Milwaukee, Chicago, and Detroit. If you ask me how many I think they'll get out of those four, I'd probably say one. One out of three. Two out of two at best. But these are the Hornets, and who knows? I feel like every time we try to predict what they're going to do, it's either the opposite or really, really bad. <laughs> so we'll see exactly what they can do over the next week here, but it's going to be important for them to keep playing well in some regard because if you have players who you're trying to either showcase or just keep developing for the future, you got to get this thing going the right direction and not the bumpy road that you had so far this season. So four games coming up here, two and two maybe, one and three probably, oh and four. So we'll see. But uh, schedule is lightening up a little bit for the Hornets as they kind of get ready to go to the All-Star break. Um, it'll get a little bumpier at times, but this is definitely a stretch for them to test themselves that now they're finally healthy, almost healthy, and see what kind of team they can be in the second half if that's the way they want to go about things. All right, this week's random stat is more like random stats because it kind of explains just how good Mason Plumlee has been of late for the Hornets. When Mason scored 21 points, making all nine of his field goals to go with 12 rebounds, and the Hornets went over the Bulls on Thursday night, he became the fifth player this season with 20-plus points on 100% field goal percentage made and 10-plus rebounds in the game. So the fifth player this season to do that, 20-plus points, making all their field goals and getting 10 or more rebounds in the game. But beyond that, Mason has scored 15 or more points in six straight games, which is now a career long for him. And not only that, he also has 19 double-doubles this season, which is a career high for him in a single year. So barring a crazy hiccup, he's going to surpass his career mark for double-doubles in a season. Mason is playing out of his mind of late, and that alone, stat-wise, those stats explain just how crazy he's been compared to the rest of his career. He's shooting the free throws better. He's doing a lot of different things better. So Mason Plumlee's stats are off the chart, and it's part of the reason why he's having one of the best seasons of anybody on his Hornets team. So there you have it. Many, many thanks to my guest, Bubba Wallace, and thank you so very much for joining me for the latest episode of QC Hornets Nest. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out CharlotteObserver.com. And for special offer to gain full access, hit the link in my stories where it says, support my work with a digital subscription. All right, until next time, we out.